1: Hello, welcome to Let's Drone Out. We're on episode four hundred and twenty-six, and today we have over here the moustache loveliness of Stephen. Hello, good evening. Down below we have Mario FPV, who's our special guest tonight. Hello, everyone. Hello, and I'm everyone's favourite curry kitten. Hello, and we've just had a wild Jack appear. You coming on, Jack? Hello. How are you? I'm good thank you very good so the the um the, the point of this show is to learn all about open ipc um i've been getting a lot of pings about it um and people have been getting quite excited about it and someone who's been at, pretty much at the forefront of producing videos for it is this guy down here mario and we'd like to thank mario for coming on because if you've watched his videos you will know that he he puts out a lot of um videos but he doesn't talk on them so, he's, he's a little bit shy, but he's, he's agreed to come on and speak to us tonight. Um, so, Most importantly, he knows a lot about the topic. So, we're looking he, forward to hearing he what indeed. he's got to that, say. That's what we're wanting to hear about. But before we get into that, we just, as we, we ask everybody, it's like, how did you get in the hobby? What was what your background? Why did you start flying things and what, what led you to it? Uh, yeah. So, um,
2: I started uh, flying. Uh, drones uh, back in 2017 um, when I first uh, came uh, in the United Kingdom. Uh, originally, I'm, I, I'm from Greece. So uh, at, uh, when I was here, I, I was with another friend here. Uh, actually, we were in Manchester, outside of Manchester in, in a small village. So he was flying his drone and uh, I put his goggles on my head and uh, it was a really amazing experience. So I said, yeah, I have to buy one of those drones and start flying. At first, I started with a very small toy drone. Uh, I, I crashed it many times, but then uh, I discovered uh, CleanFly. And that's when uh, actually I started buying components and uh, I started building my own drone, uh, which ended up having, instead of CleanFly, later I dis- I discovered iNav and that's where actually I, I replaced CleanFlight, which was a little bit older software compared to iNav with so many functional- new functionalities. So uh, at around 2019 I think, 20, I discovered, uh, until that time I was flying just uh, analog, like most of us I guess, and then I discovered OpenHD, which uh, was really amazing uh, for... It was very cheap, low-budget, uh, digital FPV system, which uh, I decided to get involved. I started doing some test flights. Uh, at that time, I remember the developer was uh, Stephen Oliver. I believe most of you guys know, know him already. And he did some amazing job. Uh, but then he quit uh, OpenHD, he completely abandoned the project, Uh, but uh, we continue working uh, with uh, some other uh, developers on OpenHD. We did uh, some testings and some test versions actually, mainly, Uh, and that was when uh, Jetson Nano started to be getting more popular and everyone started buying Jetson Nanos and we decided having our first Jetson Nano drones.
1: That, that was uh, quite different because the Jetson Nano was quite a big thing compared to the Raspberry Pi where you could put the Pi Zero and it's this big. The Jetson Nano was like
2: yeah, here. You, that,
1: you could almost just bolt cord parts onto the Jetson Nano. It was that big.
2: Yeah. So the first version was actually a full-scale Jetson Nano on a drone. It was very bad idea, very wobbling, not, not flying that great. But then uh, I discovered uh, there was a carrier board for Jetson Nano that was able to put only the small uh, part of the Jetson Nano, which was the, without the main carrier board, but only the very basic uh, parts. It was quite expensive at that time, I remember. I had to pay £120 only for the carrier board, and the Jetson Nano was around another £50. At that time, it was that that was the price of Jetson Nano. So anyway, I, de- I managed to put everything together. And uh, one, um, one company sent me a, a really nice camera uh, with uh, the IMX415 sensor for Jetson Nano. And uh, at that time, the OpenHD wasn't able to have long range because it was still under development. Later, later on, though, we discovered a Wi-Fi broadcast next generation WFBNG. I'm not sure if you have, if you have heard of that. I have published a few videos for that, and also some video tutorial, tutorials that explains a lot of things uh, about WFBNG, which uh, is a good time, I think, to give a shout out to Vasilyev sinko the owner of uh, WFBNG. So, and uh, it was compatible also for Jetson Nano. It was compatible for laptops, for uh, for everything. Also, OpenHD actually forked WFBNG and uh, made their own version from the WFBNG. But um, something that that was there was a small problem with the WFBNG. It was that. The, the hardware was very expensive. So the Jetson Nano that was able to do H.265 encoding, uh, it was like uh, 160, 170 so pounds only for the air unit. If we just go
0: back to the, the reasons for that WFBNG, that, that the motivation there was to, to make the easy Wi-Fi broadcast work better specifically for video, right? To, to kind of line up the video... It, Transport and the so the Wi-Fi system.
2: It it the WFBNG actually added uh, encryption to the video, and that was enab- that enabled us to have uh, more than one person next to each other and fly at the same time with different frequencies and encryption. Uh, also, it was it boosted the 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 the, the range because it had uh, variable packages. And that's exactly the same principle that ExpressLRS was using, variable packages. So that's that's what Vasily did. So he took the WFB first version, which is the Wi-Fi broadcast. It stands for Wi-Fi broadcast. And improved it, added some features, and make it universal. Universal means that you don't need to be only on Raspberry Pis. You can use a laptop, you can use a Jetson Nano, or you can use an, an orange pie. I'm not sure if you've heard of orange, orange pies. So you, you are not bounded into a hardware only, but you have a lot of options. But like I said, back to my, my sentence, was that it was very expensive. And that's when OpenIPC came. Because OpenIPC was... costed The cameras costed, like, this camera... Uh, costs 12 pounds and it can encode H265 and it can ha- have WFBNG on inside installed. So, so that's not just a
0: need- camera, that's the equivalent of the Raspberry Pi itself yeah. and the camera module all at one board.
2: So this chip over here, that one, is actually the, the what. What encodes? The sensor is here in, fr- in front. Okay, so yeah. that chip is the encoder, and this is the memory, which has a very small memory. that, I- that is a problem. It's only eight megabytes. That's Very really small. That's yeah. really small. But it's enough. It's more than enough to fit a uh, majestic. So what is Majestic? Majestic is uh, the creation of uh, Dimitri Ilin. I think I prefer prefer, pronouncing correctly the name. He's the owner of Majestic. It's basically a streamer, a GStreamer, an alternative to GStreamer that has a lot of uh, profiles. It can do better encoding compared to GStreamer. Right.
0: So, so is Majestic it, where the interaction with the hardware video encoder comes in? That, you know, GStreamer could use like an AMD GPU, but Majestic can use these embedded encoders?
2: Um, to be honest, I'm not a specialist on Majestic. Dimitri knows about Majestic, and he's the one who actually editing and uh, correcting anything inside Majestic. Uh, so I think it's better for... No problem, okay. Dimitri to reply on majestic things. Most of them, I I don't
1: understand them as well, so... Okay. That's cool. So so the the reasons you can get these cameras so cheap is the economy of scale. So these cameras are basically repurposing the the modern sort of uh, remote nanny camera and stuff like that, the the sort of webcams you'd see so you can monitor your house and stream it over the internet. So the that the silicon's already been developed and it's just a case of repurposing
2: them. So this hardware exists everywhere around us, especially in the United Kingdom with so many cameras on the streets. I'm pretty sure most of them are like that, very similar hardware. And they're using very, very basic software that can stream uh, 1080p, 25 frames per second. 25 frames per second, is nothing for FPV, it's not good, right? But what we, what the, the developers of OpenIPC did was that they took the hardware and they created a firmware to boost everything on it. So instead of 25 frames per second, now we have 50 frames per second. 50 frames per second is not that bad, or 60 frames per second for that camera. And there's another camera... But uh, it's still in, under heavy development recently that can do 120 frames per second. It is made by Sigma Star, which is owned by Realtech. Have you heard Realtech, the audio? Oh, yeah. So yeah, it's a big company, and that's why this hardware sells in thousands. Worldwide, There are thousands of thousands of those parts everywhere around the world. And that's why it makes them so cheap. And we managed to bought them, to, to bought them that cheap, and now we are developing on them. That's fantastic. So okay. you've 8 megs
0: of flash. Is that enough to run a web server to, to interact with the camera? So
2: there is a web server, but we're not really using them. We use... Uh, We use SSH to log in into the into the Linux. It's Linux, basically. It's a small, very small, compact Linux that you can. You need to know some very basic commands. Really basic commands. You don't need to be an expert of Linux because everyone hears, "Oh my God, it's Linux!" Oh my God, it's so scary. So so many things are happening to Linux, and I don't know them. I'm a Windows person. It's not like that. I mean, you you know how to edit a text, right? Everyone does. You just yeah. edit a text following the instructions, and if you have any questions, you will, there is a big community. Control to, Q to help. enter. enter. Right. Very simple, mean, very simple commands. It's not something that you need to be a developer to do. You've got that, that Vi muscle memory. That's all you need,
0: right?
1: Just remember I, how I to get yeah, Vi. And VI and you're I, fine. You're fine. In Linux, I don't know any other <laughs> editors. Well, one thing you, yeah. you mentioned to me earlier, Maria, that people possibly don't know is that how long OpenIPC has been going and the fact that it's not just for FPV. Quite, quite the contrary, isn't
2: it? Yeah, OpenIPC has been around for years. I think three, four years at least uh, because they are using OpenIPC for many other projects. I mean, OpenIPC FPV is like a small ant compared to an elephant. I mean, this is nothing. For example, they're using them for fishing or for uh, diving underwater and uh, explore the, the sea or the seabed. Uh, so there are many, many, uh, op- many, many applications for OpenIPC that they're using them worldwide. And of course, for surveillance. there they, they are using them for professional mm. hotels, uh, casinos, and a lot of things worldwide. And there so are actually got eighty. A, oh. There are eighty developers in the team. 80, eight zero. That
1: is, that's a good worldwide. Project. That's it's that's a very, very busy code base. Looking at it, there's a lot of a lot of check ins and a lot of um, well, all sorts going on.
2: Yeah, and we're using only three, four cameras. From this, from so many options that there are, mm. but we chose those ones. Maybe in the future we will discover a better camera, which will cost uh, around twenty thirty pounds as well. And then we will discover that it has a better sensor, or it has a. Everything is so new into FPV. Like it's been like five six months. The first good actual uh, firmware that you can just flash and go out and fly. It's it's really new for FPV. But it's very fast growing and uh, we can see that from the numbers. My numbers, or the, my channel's numbers have been exploded the uh, last uh, two, three months. Just because probably, probably everyone wanted that to happen. Everyone wanted an affordable digital f- open source FPV system that you can just plug and play. And speaking of that, um there are plans, future plans to to have a, a Europe- European based uh warehouse and an American based warehouse that we the the developers will sell uh ready made uh bind and flight uh, hardware Ooh, I forgot I forgot to ma- Yeah, I forgot to mention that we also have uh, a VRX now, a ground station hardware. Uh, So I I read most of
0: the install guides, and and currently the install guides mention things like uh, writing your own version of U-Boot onto the hardware and things like this, which, you know, I've I've worked with, like, Wi-Fi routers, I've got... uh, you no know, stuff, yeah. wireless routers here that I've, I've flashed. And, and typically, I haven't needed to mess with U Boot. So that kind of scared me a little bit. Uh, are we going to be able to rely on the vendor's U Boot soon so that we can at least just uh, maybe flash from a, from a web UI or flash more easily without having to actually go down and replace the bootloader?
2: So the, the, the bootloader, you change it only once when you want to go from the stock firmware. Excuse me, to the Open IPC firmware, and you will just need one of those—an FTDI adapter that costs uh, two, three pounds. Uh, maybe most of mo- most of you guys have one. Um, so it, it's not that that complicated because uh, there, there, there is a software from the vendor actually from uh, High Silicon that uh, all you need to do—you you download it. You plug your uh, FTDI to the UART of the camera, and you just plus it. Or if you if you are a Linux person, you use uh, some Linux commands. Or it also has uh, OpenAPC has another tool called Burn. That with this tool you actually you can run it on Windows. You can run it anywhere you want. Uh, I think it works even on Mac. And you can actually replace uh, the commands or any software from High Silicon to flush it directly, uh, the bootloader. And once you are into bootloader, then you don't have to do it again. You just you can just throw away your FEDI. You everything will happen through SSH. You will sys upgrade system upgrade. Uh, and there are so, so, freak- something that I noticed on OpenIPC is that the updates are coming every day. There, are, there is a channel, actually, that you can see them. Now, as we speak, from 8 o'clock until now, 34 files have been updated. 34 new firmwares have been uploaded. It's constant, constant updating and
1: development because
2: there are so many going on at the moment.
1: Okay, so I'm gonna say, right, you've sold me on this and you haven't even mentioned the latency you're getting at the moment, which is which is pretty amazing. Um, yeah. As, as you say you were flying today, it was feeling quite like DJI. But yeah, so I I'm a person with a quad or a plane and I want to get open IPC running. What do I need in terms of the hardware for my transmission and receiving? Is there something I can buy? right now before, before this sort of pre-made hardware is ready to go? Or do I need to start ripping things apart and stuff? How, how, how do I go about getting myself a setup?
2: Yeah, so you will need, obviously, a camera, an, o- a, an open IPC-compatible camera. At the moment, there are uh, three or four uh, compatible uh, cameras that worth to... to Worth to try to to mention. Of, in theory, all of them are compatible. In theory, but uh, we haven't added the the very very important component, which is the WFBNG, and that is the that is actually the transmission, the link between the camera and the ground station. So we managed to do that into the go Goke, Goke cameras, the high silicon cameras, which is basically very similar in terms of. Uh, on performance you can see all the all the supported um cameras on the on the wiki there is a wiki of open ipc so you can go and see and there are some links that you can actually click the link and and make sure and you 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 will be sure when you buy that specific camera from that specific vendor you, you it will work because i'm probably you've already know that that Chinese are not so reliable in, to, in terms of uh, what, they, what they say on their websites. They advertise other things, but actually there's something different. But those links that we posted on Wiki, they,
1: are conf- they have been confirmed. Is this, the, uh, is this the Wiki page we're talking about for the, the supported devices?
2: No, this is... Uh,
1: I'm sorry. in the wrong Wiki. Help me. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. I think there's actually um, yes, that's the okay. Oh, okay. So these are these are all the no, these are, the current. T- no, these are these are
2: the the cameras of uh, OpenIPC generally.
1: Oh, I see. So I need a specific. Uh, there's a subset for FPV. So there's for FPV, for... where's that? Where's that hiding? They're down here. Somewhere. I think FPV kit. Oh, oh, I see. Yeah, FPV kit. There we
0: go. Ah, now we're kicking Ah. Right, IPC board. Uh, that Goku one, the GK seven. What's that? There was a V two hundred, but that seemed to be sold out. The only one I could see when, because I went looking on AliExpress, I could find a V three hundred, but not
2: the V two hundred. You can. It's compatible. V three hundred is compatible. Okay.
1: That's a network card.
0: And, and I also saw. It, it mentions antennas with the board, but it looked like you were actually attaching a USB Wi-Fi adapter to get
2: improved power output. Um, yeah. Well, you can you can use uh, any Wi-Fi adapters that uh, has a RTL uh, eight eight eighty eight twelve AU chipset. Realtek, okay.
1: Realtek, yeah. So it has uh, to be that Realtek chipset. Or,
2: or, or Atheros. The okay. oh, or Atheros ones.
1: Okay.
2: Yeah. Uh, so I the prefer, boards don't uh,
0: have Wi-Fi on them. I was kind of expecting with a CPU and video encoder that they put Wi-Fi on the same board, but it's always a daughter board, is it?
2: No, they don't come with uh, wi- wi- Wi-Fi. They come only the, the encoder, the chip mm-hmm. en- that encodes, and the sensor. So you need... a. Okay. Uh, uh, two, you need two adapters: one from for air unit and one for the ground station. Uh, that needs to be either on 2.4 gigahertz or 5.8 gigahertz. Uh, I think it's, it's wisely it's wiser to use 5.8 gigahertz because the 2.4 is very noisy, especially here in the UK. Mm. It's everywhere. Oh yeah. <laughs> 2.4, unless you are up in Scotland. Uh, Mm. Somewhere in the middle of not. Yeah, I'm
0: flying around the park. I I look at my dynamic power output that I keep obviously locked at 25 milliwatt. But strangely, it seems to jump up to one watt all the time when I'm only
1: a handful of meters away because of all the Wi-Fi. There's a lot of Wi-Fi noise. Okay, so we've got the camera and the the Wi-Fi device for the camera. We need another Wi-Fi device for the ground station. So what's our, what's our sort of processor on the ground station to, to For the ground get station? You
2: have uh, a lot of options. You have basically a Raspberry Pi as an option if you want to decode uh, H.264 264, or the new Raspberry Pi 5, which decodes I've heard uh, H.265 265 as well The Raspberry Pi 5. Mm-hmm. You have uh, yeah. the Jetson Nano. If you already own one, otherwise uh, you can use any other Jetsons. And uh, you have uh, a laptop, if you want. You can install on your laptop uh, Linux and uh, install uh, the WFBNG. Or use uh, this. Where is it? That stick, USB stick, flash disk. That it's also... It has pre-installed the Linux. I have uploaded uh, on one of my videos this version. If someone doesn't want to actually install Linux on their laptop or their desktop, and just want to try it, all they need is one USB stick of 32 gigabytes, and just try it as a ground station. And then we have, of course, in my personal opinion, the best option, which is actually... This. Not bad. It's actually a VRX. DIY VRX. That uh, all you need to do is just you plug on the HDMI. So it has an HDMI port, uh, an Ethernet adapter, two USBs, which one of them is connected on uh, one of the Wi-Fi adapters. And the power cable.: Hey, not,
0: no hot glue, no tape. It's almost ready for market.: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, it, it, it feels like you might need a bit of a counterweight at the back of your head just to yeah. stop it falling forward on your nose. So what what is inside that VRX, is it? So
2: yeah, it's a, it's a board, a, a board that actually decodes very, very fast. It's a very fast decoder. H to 64 or age to 65 and the best part
1: of all it costs 14 pounds i like the numbers perfect i okay. suppose the question is mario is it do we all jump in and start going like oh let's buy hardware here 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 or do we say oh actually OpenIPC are going to manufacture their own stuff and it's going to be pre-done, ready yeah. to go. Do we just wait for
0: that? i, I quite happily pay an extra £5 to the OpenIPC project <laughs> to buy the hardware through them and have them fix the bootloader. And They can know, do the
1: bootloader. They can SSH and and do all the config. It's like you just plug it in. Yeah, you
2: d- yeah, that's the plan. Like I said, the plan is to actually have ready-made hardware. We, we already had that ca- hardware. We just discovered it now, and we are working on it. We, did, we mm. don't have to build new hardware. All we need now right, is, yeah. the so- is the software. And we, the software, it's, it's up to our free time, actually, because not all of us have free time to put on that. And uh, okay. we would, we, all we're asking is uh, support. Like uh, anyone who wants to get involved, anyone who wants to do, start doing testings, or if they know how to, to, to code in C++, uh, please uh, come and find us and uh, get involved. That's wonderful. Yeah, because news. because we believe that uh, digital FPV is is something a standard now. I mean, who, no, very few people I know that they are flying analog. And we know that uh, all the new systems they are really nice, really good. DJI, WalksNail, HD Zero, uh, they are really nice systems, but. It's quite expensive for some of us. I mean, I already own the DJI
0: system. And, and and it's closed. You can't buy the hardware. You can't you buy cannot, the HD zero exactly. Chips.
2: You, exactly. you can't you cannot, buy the
0: Artisan hardware inside of DJI and WalksNail. It's not on the common market. And the people who sold to Walksnail have said that they're not that the people they're buying from are not going to sell to anyone outside of China. So it's unobtainable hardware, even if you knew the software. You can so this buy this uh,
2: ev- everywhere, yeah.
0: Uh, what's the OSD like? We had someone pop up, um, Durgood, in the chat. Thank you very much for lots of informative uh, snippets in the chat. Has had lots of chimed in on lots of things and mentioned that there's an on screen display on the ground station that's running off Mavlink telemetry. So you can enable that, obviously, in INAV, an in pilot probably in beta flight, although how yeah, this, the implementation this, this is, this I'm is not a, sure.
1: a pretty new thing, isn't it? The first time I saw your open IPC videos, it had nothing. So the literally in the last couple of weeks, the, the OSD has just popped along and is, yeah, it's picking up the Mavlink packets from, um, other things. I was just trying to yeah. find a video to show you guys it's around here somewhere.
2: Yeah. So that's where I got involved actually into software developing in the, in the, in the project. Um, I, we, 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 me and um, me and Andre uh, were working on um, on that VRX, the the NVR. That's how we call it, NVR. And um, so I I I added the o- OSD in that uh, in that firmware, but um, it was actually based on Mavlink. And all I did was just I I translated the maveling commands into OSD. Uh, Yes, that's the one. (laughs) Yeah. So this is actually, this is something very interesting. I forgot to mention that earlier. Like I said, we have uh, the Majestic uh, software that is actually doing uh, the video encoding. There's also another thing, that another encoder, which is fully open source, uh, the VENC. The V-ENC <laughs> it's, uh, I think we should find another name for that because VENC means video encoding and VDEC means video decoding. So VENC and VDEC was actually the first version of uh, this system that you see now, that video. Um, and uh, yeah, it was uh, Andre's job. Which is amazing. He did. He made an amazing job on that. Uh, with uh, actually, I used uh, Andres uh, firmware and uh, who I am too. I think that's his nickname. I don't know his name. Like I said, there are so many developers in that project that I honestly don't know them all. Um, so I mixed uh, all these those two firmwares to create the first version of uh, that video that you just saw. And I, all I did I just added the OSD. Into the C++ source code, uh, but then another one mer- person that I would like to uh, to mention is that Bang Dean uh, created a new OSD, which is based on uh, LVGL. Anyway, th- this is quite deep uh, into source coding, but uh, with this, I think whole- I heard. Yeah.
0: The ex-guys talk about LVGL when they're looking for a lightweight way to draw screen widgets. So I guess it comes up in the context of
2: Now we are are working into a more sophisticated, better uh, OSD, again, based on uh, Mavlink. So really soon we will have uh, the first version. There are a lot of things that need to be fixed, addressed. But uh, yeah, he did a really nice job. In, in added uh, this OSD on LVGL. Like I said, all of us are just contributing, and we are just using our free time on that because we believe that we want to to have an open source, low budget, very very cheap. Like if you add all these prices that I just mentioned, it's like roughly fifty pounds for everything, right? So fifty pounds to have a, an all included uh, soft. Uh, digital system, you would just need, of course, uh, goggles or a a monitor for that, for that to to be fully, fully working.
1: This
0: episode was recorded in front of a live online audience, downloaded and edited to make sense when it's played audio only, censored to please the iTunes people, hosted on the internet, forwarded through to your podcast provider, downloaded, playing on your device, and is now playing in your ears. All thanks to our Patreons. Consider joining them, and you'll also get other online benefits. Find out more at Patreon.com/slash Let's Drone Out.
1: So, uh, I, I suppose the, uh, the the question we'd have, aside from the fact that how do we get it and how do we do it, which is like read the wiki and buy some stuff, is what's what's the immediate plans from your point of view towards the the FPV part of OpenIPC? What what what's the plans there in the next sort of six or twelve months?
2: Um, of course we want to perfect completely this camera, the new camera with uh 120 frames per second or the 90 frames per second and 1080p. To be honest uh, I prefer that, that mode because the 1080p uh, is much much better compared to 720p. And uh, I was flying today with 90 frames per second and I couldn't feel any latency at all. So the plans, the future plans, is to perfect that that camera to make sure that it's working flawlessly, and uh, then improve a little bit the the VRX, the VRX part. Also, we would like to add support for more uh, Wi-Fi adapters uh, because there are a couple of one or two more adapters that uh, they can support. Uh, Monitor mode and injection uh, package uh, for for us to, to be co- for them to be compatible for with the y- WFPNG and and of course when we feel that we actually have some people that they want actually to buy it and use it then we will start building uh, ready made uh, bind and flight uh, Kids, that we can just uh, ship them worldwide. But that, for that to happen, we, we need uh, support from the com- community because, uh, yeah, uh, I forgot also to mention uh, the owner of OpenIPC. The, 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 there is an owner. The, the, the owner of OpenIPC is Igor, Igor uh, Zalatov, that he keeps uh, telling to people that no one is actually putting uh, any donations or not even two or five pounds just to show their support because all these uh, developers... They are really they are software engineers, those these guys. Uh, they are working as software engineers and they are doing that in their free time. They open IPC FPV and no one is paying them. Of course, in an open source project, you're not expecting to be a millionaire. And um, no one wants actually to donate. No one is asking from anyone to donate a million. They're just asking to donate five pounds because five pounds will not make anyone a millionaire or a rich person, right? It's just you're buying a coffee to someone that wants something
1: for everyone. Perhaps it's the problem that um, IPC, from our point of view, from FPV, is starting to get known about. But at the moment, it still looks a little bit like Oh, this looks complicated. I I think it might scare people off if they're not from a technical background currently. So hopefully one of the things that can be done is, you know, we can, we can make more sort of easy step-by-step guides. It's like buy this camera, buy this thing. You connect them like this. This is how you flash the, the software and look, I'm flying it. And this is my latency and this is how the picture looks and it costs this much. I think that would be quite a compelling case, uh, for yeah. people. And as soon as that gets known about, perhaps that will make a change in terms of things like donations or the support from uh, that point of view. I, I,
2: you have a point, Wayne. I know. Do you know how many times I've heard this uh, step-by-step tutorial or step-by-step guide? For, for, <laughs> I, I think mean, the problem is I, If, if I try. I try my best, okay? But unfortunately, I'm the only one who is actually doing something uh for uh, for the community for, for for everyone to to understand uh, the project there are some yeah. russians that they do that as well but it's in russians and i don't talk as well because i i cannot <laughs> sit in front of a camera and talk that's my first time
1: you're doing okay. a great job so far you're doing really well really well thanks
0: for coming yeah. on i mean we've we've learned a lot and i think no one's really talked about the project so far so and unless you're on on the chat server you're not really sure what's involved in open ipc so i think you've opened a lot of people's eyes to it it's really
1: really good to see i think the problem can be if if you're not from uh, a sort of software engineering background or you you've not worked in linux before as well just the very mention of the word for people who've only ever seen windows they're they like, oh my God, I've just lost my brain. What do, what do you mean? There's a mm-hmm. command line to do to, to, an to, FTDI edit a Ah. All these sort of things <laughs> that seem pretty, pretty second nature uh, are quite scary to people. But as I was saying earlier, it's kind of like um, when Express LRS came out and people saw how you flash something and it's like, oh my God, my mind's just blown. And even yeah, that became we, more commonplace. We, common we, were, we or were flashing. The flashing things became more friendly. Exactly.
2: We were flashing so back at that time, uh, two or three years ago, when uh, ExpressLRS was under development. I was doing that as well. I was going outside and testing mm. the ExpressLRS and reporting back to the guys. But uh, it's not that hard. I mean, if you follow the, the guides, if you follow the wiki tutorial, there, there are some wikis already, and we keep trying to add some more and more stuff every yeah. day.
0: And it is getting better because it went from a situation with no information at all now there's some
2: information it's a little bit technical but it's getting better all the time and that's Back the, in the August back in August I learned because I didn't know that either right I learned from the Russian wiki and I had to translate them and it, there was so bad translations in most cases and I was able to to build my first drone as open uh, my first open apc drone I wasn't a developer I'm not a developer actually I'm not I'm a nurse I work in the NHS, okay? So I don't have uh, any software developer background for that. All I have is willing to try and learn new things. Because I prefer to... That's what makes it happen. I I prefer to to have that as a hobby instead of just buy a ready-made DJI that will cost 600 or 700 pounds and just fly with it. I prefer to build something with my own hands, and, I, and that makes me that will make me feel uh, proud of what I built because I will fly it my own creation. I will fly it my own creation.
0: So the, the one comment that we've got here is the footprint. Now, this is kind of a different conversation to what we had with Open HD because you've got the video encoder and the camera all in a single unit. You're kind of limited by the size of that circuit board. And I, I've noticed... You build your own drones, but you, you build kind of big drones, right? So you're running iNav and you've got 8-inch props. For most yeah. of us that are building Se- maybe seven 5 inch. inches or perhaps Se- seven even 7-inch, even, oh, Okay, or below, below a 5-inch, maybe even micros, do you see a, a way that this can be used on those systems as well? Is there a way that maybe a, an adapter can be printed? Is there a way that it can fit into frames and, uh, in a clever way?
2: Yes, there is. There is, because uh, I actually did that uh, with Open, uh, Open HD. I was able to fit inside the Open HD, I- inside the, a three-inch frame, uh, a Raspberry Pi, a camera, a very large camera, which was actually outside of the frame, to be honest. But it was in a 3D-printed, mounted. And uh, yeah, it was flying great. And I was able to do eight kilometers with that three-inch uh, micro so if you exclude the Raspberry Pi from all this equation, you actually, you're removing weight, right? Mm. So
0: it's much so, so easier. So most frames, they're made to take uh, 19 mil. The old cameras were,
1: what, 22 mil, Jack, was right.
0: it? So you yeah, we'll that's get down
1: to a 22 mil size? I mean, it's, it something. sounds doable within a 5-inch, doesn't it? Because you're talking about a camera and a, fi- a, a, five a board. inch. So yeah.
2: this the, the iFlight the iFlight as I am using the iFlight frame. It's a seven-inch frame, and it fits. Mm. Yeah, loads it doesn't, of space in a seven-inch. Yeah, I know, but even on a five-inch, it would fit. It's mm. it's just the arms are bigger. That's not a different. I mean, mm. on a, on some specific. But a, if you want to put the camera
0: inside the case in in a proper camera mount, because the camera I think… You. The circuit boards were 32 by 32 millimeters? Yeah, it is
2: inside. Can you see that? It's inside.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm just wondering if there's a way to make it, you know, if if some of us who are flying freestyle and are going to crash a lot to try and make it so it's in a protected area like you'd
2: have with with other cameras. Yeah, I I see what you mean. Well, for that, uh, it will require uh, 3D print something or maybe... uh, in the future, a manufacturer would uh, actually build something for that. But uh, at the moment, everything is a DIY, so I'm just using foam around it and I secure it like that. And believe me, I've crashed several times. Nothing really happened, so It's, it's well board it's okay. It's well protected. And yes, iFlight is quite popular. Uh, company and it makes it builds good frames. So also that yeah, also that camera. I have to say that it's quite durable. I mean, you need to physically damage it in order to break. We were having that conversation earlier with uh, mm-hmm. Wayne that I I was accidentally flashed the wrong bootloader in both cameras, and I was able to recover them because there are so many. Hidden uh, ports and pads in these cameras that you can actually unbrick them. I was able to brick them and I unbricked them. And well, if you don't, if you don't know how to do that, there are a mm. lot of developers uh, in the, our chat, in our channel, in the OpenIPC channel on Telegram, that they are always there, willing to help you guys. So please join us.
0: Well, okay. I guess one. Bonus okay. is you don't have a ribbon cable anymore, do you? Because the sensor and the board is, is yeah. one. So exactly, that's better. Yeah, yeah exactly. The thing. You, you
2: don't have a. Uh, and uh, I'm pretty sure that Carl Gidden already knows that uh, those ribbon cables they don't tend to be so durable. Yeah. Uh, it happened to me. I hated them, to be honest, and I was so happy that we don't need them anymore with these cameras. Yeah, it's a. Uh, well, it's I, I, one hot. Ha- in one piece of all together, all
1: in one. I was just gonna say, I don't know about how you're feeling, Stephen, but it, it, it makes me excited and I, I have to try it and mm. start getting my yeah. shopping list together to see uh, how it's all about. So, yeah, expect some pings from me, Mario.
0: <laughs> it's gonna be a while before sure <laughs> I sure can right. test it
1: on the little quads, but uh,
0: yeah, it's something I might have a go at on the bench. Um, yeah, I think I think when
1: it. you're testing this stuff out. It's it's much less hassle to have more room than you need because you don't have to start messing around. This is stuff you might want to take on, take off again, mess around with, start messing around with, and and like put it back and forth. And when you're talking yeah. about squeezing things in, that's when you're like, Okay, I'm at my final configuration. Now I'm gonna start making bespoke pieces to get it in something much smaller than it was designed for. Very exciting indeed.
2: Yeah. Well, can there? I Did can you? I can I ask something, please? Just because I feel sure. like uh, I am, uh, I am actually representing the whole team. But I would really like to shout out uh, their names in your live, so everyone knows the the people that they actually behind of please. behind all this. So yeah, I would like to to mention to to thank uh, Vasily Finko for, of course, his WFBNG. That uh, thanks to that open IP, open IPC. FPV exists because we have the full version of that and OpenHD actually used that as well. I would like to thank uh, Igor uh, Zalatov I think I'm pronouncing correctly his last name which is the owner of OpenIPC and um, Dimitri Ilin the owner of Majestic Chronics uh, for the FPV version he was the one who actually took the first OpenIPC camera and in Inserted the WFBNG in the first camera, and that's how we had the first version of. Uh, he is the main the, the the main developer on FPV version of OpenIPC, and then we have Andre, of course. I already mentioned him with who I am too for the NVR, which is the VRX that we now have, and Victor XDA uh, that he also started developing recently, a few weeks ago. For uh, the, on that uh, new camera, the Sigma Star, uh, there's a code S C three three eight Q, which has the IMX four uh, one five sensor. That he he has done all this uh, amazing job for the Sigma Star uh, camera, and then Bangdin for his OSD and RD Tipoman and. Uh, Kenny Plus as a testers and also Tipoman uh, is an expert on Atheros uh, Wi-Fi adapters that uh, he is actually able to help you with even modifying the source code inside the Atheros uh, adapter. So and last but not least, uh, Narpat Nara Rana that he actually helped me a lot and supports me in every step that I do. So you can see, there are cool. a lot of people that uh, they are so, they are involved on this project. It's not just me that I'm just publishing YouTube videos for this project.
1: Uh, yes, yeah, so and I know you asked to some of them get, to come on, but they didn't try, speak English to, well enough.
2: Yeah, none of them can speak uh, uh, that great English. I cannot speak so well English. I mean, I can. You're great. I, I am don't pretty worry good. About it. You're great. I'm here to do really years, well?
0: But uh yeah, yeah, man, like there's plenty of people in this country who speak English worse than you do. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Natively. Yeah. Native yeah, people, people. Who were born here, yeah. Yeah, Tony's <laughs> one of them in yep. it's like grunts. It's like <laughs> <laughs> um, Jack, you had a question. Mar- yeah, Mario, um, I noticed like you mentioned you flew uh clean flight and then move straight to inav um did you ever try beta flight or were you just unaware of it or did the name put you off because it's like yeah base,
2: yeah, paper, yeah of course beta. yeah I, I flew beta flight uh several times um the the only downside about beta flight is that uh it doesn't have a position hold and it doesn't have all these uh, navigation systems that inav has which that's True. why that's the only thing that i prefer that's why i prefer iNav uh, it's a, just a personal preference nothing else and it will be support it's it's fully supported also Betaflight is supported by by open ipc as long as there is an uh, mavlink it supports uh, open ipc it will work
1: yeah i, I, I think a lot see. of people when they hear mavlink they instantly think rdpilot but Mavlink is one of the telemetry options you can use in both Betaflight and iNav. It's just a question of what telemetry signal you want to put out. Exactly,
2: exactly. So both uh, iNav and Betaflight now support uh, Mavlink. And that's good news. That's really exciting news. Because with Mavlink, you can do serious ground stations, not just uh, us that we use them as FPV hobbies uh, for freestyle or anything like that. You can Hmm. use some professional equipment that you can actually do some serious, serious long range. Like, for example... And you can sell it and you can fund the project. Yeah. (laughs) There are some records of uh, 100 kilometers range, but not in the UK. Very nice. Yeah. I was able to do a few kilometers.
1: We're not supposed to go beyond
2: line of sight, but so... (laughs)
1: fine if you've got good eyesight yeah i mean if you can see see 100
0: just need bright leds you can see 100k be fine
1: with bright uh, leds no no joke i could we flew well someone flew something at night and there was this big pylon 10 kilometers away he wanted to get to and he turned on his leds and we could still see it that's how bright they were so line of sight 10k no problem okay so i i
0: asked if you could fit them in a regular quad and someone said uh Q C Z E K maybe something like Kazek uh, have 3D printed case and uh, yeah so there's an image of the case I found it um, there's a printables file and I guess this is the this is the VRX board that you've got inside your 3D printed case as well um, we can look at the size of the VGA port I guess to see it's it's still quite large but he's got some brass inserts and things it looks like a nice bit of kit and then I guess the USB Wi-Fi module that could be elsewhere in the quad behind it. Right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. just thought it might be a, give people an idea of what you're looking at. I'm not sure how big that blue box is. It looks like it might be a bit smaller than like a, a hero five camera. On, well, you got the so, CR for 2032 for scale. Oh yeah. CR 2032. So scale.
2: on that, yeah. on that 3d print, oh. I'm guessing that uh, the stand the, those screws would go somewhere here and here, right? How about mm. do only the sides without the top, and just hold the camera like a sandwich? Because that that was, that would make reduce dramatically the, the the size of that 3D print. Like have only the sides mm. of that 3D print instead of the whole, because you don't really need the top. You already have the top of uh, the carbon fiber, right? And the bottom, the so carbon could be fiber optimized. as well. It can yeah. be optimized, yeah. So, like I said, the more people that get involved, the more professional people that get involved on that, the better it will become for everyone.
1: Cool. Mm. Very nice. Right. Very promising. I must, I must build one. Build them and it will come or something. It's just like, yeah, Oh, here we are. Build 38 it in the by 38, 30. mil. Sorry. Is that the camera size or the box size? Someone read that out. <laughs>
0: The (laughs) IDT cam is not bigger than a regular FC. Brackets thirty-eight by thirty-eight millimeters.
1: Wow, a regular FC is like thirty-point-five by thirty-point-five. But yeah, it's not. It's not giant. It's it's thirty-point-five by thirty-point-five mounting holes. You've got to remember, there's overhang beyond mounting holes. Yeah. The the weather is is not great lately. But uh, if I build one of these things, I suppose I can just like wait for the right day. I suppose. Has anybody else been flying? Mario managed to get flying today. Lucky him. I thought about going out with a car, but it rained.
2: I, I had a small window, a very small window. That It was quite sunny today at some point with scattered clouds. But yeah, uh, for one hour, I was, I was lucky. So yeah, I just couldn't wait for, for that to test it because uh, we built it for the last um, nearly a month now. And,
1: yeah, I just wanted to go out and flight. To be fair, with one hour, you even used all your LIPOs or you've crashed it and it won't fly anymore. That's, that's quite a long time to fly a single quadrant, really, isn't it?
2: Yeah, well, when you go for a maiden flight for something that no one has ever flown before, you need to go through so many tests and uh, checkings, and again and check, check again, check again before. Because if I crashed it, I wouldn't have a second one to test. I couldn't order another one. I had to wait from China to come and yeah, but I had to go through a lot of uh, checks, pre-checks, pre-flight checks before I take off, and that took some time. So I was able to do three good flights. Uh, the 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 latency, like I said, was very, very low. I was able to move the sticks and no latency, no delay at all. Um, at 90 frames per second, 1080p. The only problem was, like I said, the settings, I think I put the wrong settings and uh, I had that uh, blurry. When I was moving too fast, there were some lines coming out from the object. Yeah. But so I suppose because um, you, you that's you,
1: something that we will
2: work on. Yeah.
1: Sorry, because yeah, you've, you've measured the latency up. by sort of like filming a TV screen, and you can sort of see the difference in, in frames by counting it that way. Is there a way of uh, calculating it? You, you obviously you, you've flown DJI as well, so you're aware that they can yeah. they put their little latency up. Uh, Walks yeah. now so does the same. We did some. HG0 we did some tests.
2: We did some uh, latency tests uh, versus a screen with a high-resolution timer, a millisecond timer, and uh, we were able to have uh, a 1080p, 90 frames per second, 36 milliseconds.
1: Hmm. Is, is there a way of um, uh, calculating I have to it so you can put it on the ISD? Yeah,
2: I have to say it, it was fluctuating. It wasn't solid all the time 36 it was going 36 it was going a little bit higher then dropping and going up and up so
1: and that, that's wi-fi isn't it
2: yes yes also it's not only the wi-fi like i said there is also an encryption to the system and that could cause some spikes on the cpu usage. the WBNG might actually add some a little bit latency because in theory the wireless transmission is instant. It's a zero. It, it it travels with speed of light, right? The Wi-Fi transmission. The problem is that the encoder and the decoder and the WFBNG that is also adding uh, a little bit of latency. If it and, and spikes. And USB and framing. Yeah. Yes, but that's why we're not u- we're not using USBs or anything. We 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 are actually soldering everything. We try to do as small as. Possible the the wires uh, we tried. So to is it PCI Express?
0: Sorry, I thought the what I thought the Wi-Fi connection. Oh, you was mean the the U- USB the USB, the USB protocol? Express? You mean
2: you mean the USB protocol? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, on yes. that, in terms of that, so the, the transmission is actually very very small. The latency, the majority of the latency is actually the encoder and the decoder but these ones we managed to solve them by this camera the new camera that has uh, 120 frames per second or 90 frames per second
0: is that much of a pipeline i mean obviously you're doing 120 frames per second throughput but like how much pipelining is there from the point when a, a camera frame is recorded to when it's actually sent out is it is it? Are you sending out the frame before you're capturing the next frame? Is what I'm asking, or is there like a buffer internally where it's buffering to go into the encoder, and it might be holding three or four frames
2: to be sent into the encoder? I don't know the answer. Sorry, I'm not so into engineering oh, okay. thing. Oh, no, worries. I, just random questions. That's, question that's I think that's the weeds. It's fine. That's probably in in majestic what is happening. That's what Majestic is doing, but uh, I'm guessing that every frame is encoded before it's been sent. It doesn't. There is no buffer, I think, B- because yeah. So it's I,
1: it's straight out. So is it more like yeah. a sort of HD zero system. Here's the thing. There you go. There's no um, sort of error correction. Okay. There's no two-way interface yeah. to say I didn't get that part of the frame. Send it again. Sort of well, thing. There's it's, it's at least one frame like, buffer yeah. to
0: do the encoding, apparently. So one, one frame.
1: So that's so not too bad, bad if it's
0: just one frame worth. Yeah, yeah. The, I the, mean, the, you obviously need it. It might be coded. multiple frames. Yeah, because you know, some systems, if you're not careful and you're like copying the data multiple times, you can end up doing lots of copies before the data is sent. But it sounds like they've they've yeah. optimized
2: that, which is great. So yeah. also another important thing is the the the, the screens, the monitors. So, for example, you can encode 120 frames per second and decode uh, also 120 frames per second, but the monitor will not support them. You will have 60 frames per second monitor, for example. The monitor also Mm. adds to the latency, right? Or the goggles, in our cases. So you will also need... I was thinking, actually, to, to buy the HD0 goggles that has really, ni- really good lenses inside. Uh, mm-hmm. The screens are very, very good. Uh, so I was thinking, actually, to use them for APC because they have uh, very low latency as goggles, only on the device of goggles. Well, you can actually buy the OLED modules if you want
0: to go the whole hog, like uh, Sony micro display. And, and then you could and, and 3D print. Because there's actually a frame... Yeah, well, there's a frame buffering when you do the HDMI, because you're doing an HDMI signal send, and that's got to go through an HDMI encoder out of the chipset and then an HDMI decode before it hits the panel. So if you're able to drive the panel directly from the VRX, that would be optimal. That's why, you know, that the all-in-one goggles are typically faster than goggles
2: with external module. So that is what, uh, Andre... Difficult. That is what Andre, which is, also, which is uh, one of the engineers of uh, the VRX, is actually dreaming to do. I mean, he's planning to do a, goggles, a box goggles, actually, uh, that will actually have that capability to have low latency. These are in the future plans because uh, you were asking me yeah. also the future plans of this project is actually to try to, 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 to build hardware with the existing companies that we have, like improve the existing, uh, like add uh, OLED displays or build uh, goggles for that, for that system. And maybe give the power back to the people. Yeah. Do, give, instead of having some companies selling us all this stuff, you can actually
1: do that as a, as a community, FPV community. very nice. this has been fantastic i've learned a lot and i've learned that i need to look at a lot of wikis mostly to find out a lot more it's like oh here's a lot of information now you need to go and go and learn it but i i think it's been a fascinating chat it's, it's very rare that um people come on and talk about stuff and i was like Ooh. i must i must start buying stuff and tap them on my keyboard and finding things but that's been absolutely fascinating thanks thanks maria for uh Explaining you, um, a very complicated subject, um, but hopefully uh, we'll all go in and play with it and we can sort of make it easier somehow by, by playing as, with it. As a
0: follow-up, if people want to get more involved, where can they find you? Where can they find the rest
2: of the Open IPC FPV team? So Open IPC website is openipc.org, right? And uh, there, is also, there are links there for uh, our Telegram uh, channels. I recently created an official OpenIPC FPV system Facebook group, which they can find us there as well. Um, yeah, we are there actively supporting and helping everyone. Uh, we want people to start Getting involved when this. If they know how to, to write source code, we are more than happy to accept their push, requ- push uh, requests on pull requests on the G- GitHub. Um, and if someone is happy to spare a couple of pounds for uh, the developers to just buy them a beer or a, a tea. Please do that because uh, they truly deserve it. Because they started this, they bought their equipment to build something for everyone. And I think they deserve a few quids. Very
0: cool. Thank you very much. Yep. Support the developers. The the sooner this can happen, the better. People have been complaining about DJI for years. And to see a serious contender, it's fantastic. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we've told people where they can go to find you on Facebook, on the website uh, and elsewhere. Um, A big thank you to all the developers. Please, if you can contribute to OpenIPC, do so. Help them to get hardware out and to, you know, get customized hardware that's better for FPV. Um, And thank you very much for for Mario for coming on and explaining it all. Um, Thank you to our scrolling list of patrons at the bottom who help us do the show and keep us going week after week. Um, Yeah. Curry, you want to wrap it up?
1: Yeah, so thanks to everyone on the call, and let's say goodbye to Jack, who's down there. Thank you for tuning in, guys. Bye, to Mario, and thanks very much for coming on, our special guest. Thank you very much for
2: making me feel so comfortable and uh, for the invitation, and it really helped me also as a YouTuber to, to improve
1: a little bit <laughs> and get out of uh, my... We're well, safe we on I videos absolutely. all the time now. yeah you're
2: gonna have to do more talking and stuff believe in yourself okay guys i will i will all right thank you for (laughs) making me feeling so comfortable thank you very much i really appreciate that problem that's That's like
1: goodbye from steven with his lovely mustache goodbye everyone have a good week catch you next everyone's favorite curry kitten goodbye we'll see you next week thanks for joining us bye bye
2: bye Bye.
1: (laughs) telemetry lost